This is According to Jim with Jim Joyner and Steve Sell, McPherson's sports talk show. It's Taco Tuesday! Listen Monday through Friday from 1230 to 1 p.m. on 96.7 FM KBBE or online at midkansasonline.com. Throws wide open receiver Tyreek Hill, and you're not going to catch him. Hill down the east sideline taunts Devontae Harris as he rolls into the end zone. Touchdown, Kansas City. According to Jim, is your home for the McPherson Bullpup. Final spins, stays on his feet at the 45. He's got blockers in front of him. 30, 10, 5, touchdown! Everything happening in the sports world. Number five, you better look at him a little closer. He's a football player. Got that wood right here. And even some things not happening in the sports world. Great insight today, Steve. <laughs> Man, you, you disappointed me. You disappointed the, well, the, I the got, listeners. Well, I got flustered. Now it's time for According to Jim. Here's Jim Joyner and Steve Sell. Let's do this thing. Another edition of According to Jim right here on 96.7 FM KBBE. Or for those of you listening online, Worldwide at midkansasonline.com. I'm Jim Joyner. Joining me as always, the most popular man in the entire city of McPherson, Mr. Steve Sell. Steve, good afternoon. Good afternoon. Are you okay? Tired. This overlapping seasons, I'm burning the candle at uh, both ends right now. It's not really a tired, it seems like to me, Steve. It just seems worn out, bent out of shape a little bit. Oh, I don't. You're think you're so. just exhausted. I am exhausted. You're exhausted, and I think I'm, you're a little scattered. I'm try, I'm trying to finish a basketball or a winter sports magazine at the same time. We're trying to cover the football season, so it's just a lot. I think your head's just in a lot of different places. Oh, it could be. I'm not sure there's much up there to you know. Well, go that's over. true. There's not there's not much up there. You've to got go over. two brain cells in one corner thinking about football. One's over there in the corner thinking about basketball. You know, maybe a half a brain cell is over there thinking about KU basketball or KU football. I haven't really I haven't really thought that much about KU football. I know I, you're I, just so focused on several other things. Well, we got a lot going on here in town and in Canton, Galvin, you know, in the area. We got. We got a lot of good local stuff right now. We enjoyed having Coach Hoppus on the show yesterday, Kent Galva football coach Shelby Hoppus, and I posted his interview on our podcast page like we normally do, and normally something like that is 40, 50 listens. It's up at 200 Ooh, already. Eagle Nation. Kent and Galva fans are pumped the power, for a trip to Madison. The Power Eagles, I'm telling you, they're going to get after it. They're- now, one thing I hadn't thought about, Steve, is that I know we're we're supposed to get some snow potentially tomorrow morning. Either way, we're going to have some cold, wet rain. Whether it is cold, frozen rain or cold, really just cold rain. Right. Either way, it will get to Madison, which is like an hour and a half east, hour 15 minutes east, well, a little later. Okay. So that means, let's say that snowstorm happens here in McPherson at noon. Well, it's happening in Madison at 1.00. One thirty, two. So that means the weather is going to impact them a little differently. Okay, it might take a little longer to get the snow off the field. Okay, might be a little still damp on the field. We're here in McPherson. It might not be a factor at all. It may if not. it happens early in how, the morning. How many times have we heard in the past? Oh, there's going to be rain. There's going to be snow, and then it never materialized. Well, I heard it last year, and then it did, and yeah. they had to clear all the snow off the. Well, you know, stadium. Dave Larson will be out there. He'll get it taken care of. He'll be ready to go. Oh, he's already ready to go. Steve, don't you feel a buzz this week? Oh, yeah. Not, you know, 
an internal buzz. I mean more the, mean the, the buzz that's always in my ears. Yeah, I didn't mean it more that way okay. or, or like a buzz buzz. Okay. But I, I mean more there is a sense of excitement, a palpable sense of excitement throughout the city of McPherson. We could see history. This could be history on Friday. And with Kent and Galva, too. Right. I think there is a lot of excitement with what's going on right now, and I've thrown out the stat a couple of times. There's only 12 remaining undefeated teams in the state of Kansas in high school football, and we've got two of them here 10 miles apart. That's right. And two communities that are close-knit, and they do a lot of things together. And both coached by a Kent and Galva graduate. That's right. It's just a fun time to be a part of high school football, and this is what it's about, these types of games. And even last week with the state quarterfinal, there's a lot of teams that make state quarterfinals that, well, maybe they shouldn't have been there. Maybe they got lucky in their matchups. State semifinal time, that's when you learn who the big dogs are in the state that's of right. Kansas. That's when you find out who's for real, who's a pretender, who got lucky and caught some breaks throughout the year. Once you make it here to state semifinal time, that's when the big dogs come out. Well, you don't see very many, what, three? Is Are there any three-loss teams left? Or There's not many. I'm, I'm pulling up very, my sheet right now. And there's now. not very many two-loss teams. There's not many. A lot. You have undefeated teams and one-loss teams. There's a ton of undefeated and one-loss teams right. in the state. There aren't as many two-loss teams going into this one. It's just a fun week for high school football, and... I wanted to talk with Chet Couplin of Sports in Kansas, and I did talk with him earlier this week, and I've got that posted. We didn't really have enough time to dive into it today, and we're going to run a portion of it on our pregame show tomorrow, Steve. Okay. But he's got a nice overview of what's going on, and for, for other people that listen to us, you can only listen to what Steve and I say so much. And then Sometimes it's out. nice to hear from other people yeah. that are seeing some similar things, but just coming from a different voice, I mean, sometimes... We're hard to listen to, oh, Steve. Oh, people can't stand they me. Say, they say, tell, tell those that. idiots to shut up up there. They tell me all the time, go away. And so it's nice to hear from other people with them seeing the same things and saying, oh, yeah, this is this is a great matchup. Oh, Andover Central's great. Because sometimes you hear it from us and you, you just, you're done hearing from us. Mm-hmm. I'm counting up the teams with three losses. Blue Valley, Mill Valley, Perry LeCompton, Norton, And that's it. So three remaining, or four remaining, three lost teams out of the final, what's 16 times 2? 32. 32. So four out of the remaining 32 teams have three. One, two, three, four, five, six, six teams with two losses. Okay. And then there's 12 undefeated teams left. And the only matchup of undefeated teams this week, Kent Galva, Madison. Yep. There are a ton of undefeated versus one-loss teams like McPherson and Andover Central. There's a ton of those matchups, a couple of 10-1 and versus 10-1. and Overall, Steve, as I look at the state football playoff picture, there are a lot of really good teams left. Some years, you have the good teams that lose somewhere early on. The traditional programs lose early on. But just look at the teams that were playing in a state championship game last year. Eight out of the 16 teams that played in the state championship game last year are still alive. And a lot of them have a chance to continue streaks. Derby has won one in a row, but they've won three or four in the last five years. They have a chance to go back-to-back. St. Thomas Aquinas has a chance to go back-to-back. Bishop Miege has a chance to win it six straight. 
In 1A, you have Smith Center as a chance to win its third straight. Hanover has a chance to win its fourth straight. And an eight-man Division One Central Plains does not have a chance to continue. So there will be some new blood there. There will be new blood in 2A. There will be new blood in 3A. But all the good programs are still there. And that's what makes it, to me, a very exciting round of this postseason. And, you know, I remember when we went 18 years without even making – of course, there was a different format. But we didn't make the playoffs for 18 years. Oof. And then I think we've missed once since 2006. So One time. One time. And that was, uh, I think, Coach Paz's first year. 2015. When we happened to have, Bueller was incredible that year. Hayes. Hayes was great that year. Abilene. Abilene, Handsome Harley, Hazlett was there. So what a what a district that was. It's just a fun time for high school football, Steve. And it's a Bullpup Football Preview Thursday. It doesn't come at a much better time. You and I have been working hard all week. Ugh. Trying to get all of our notes and information and all of our thoughts ready. Because... This is a big game and a chance at history. Before we dive into our Bullpup Football Preview Thursday, I wanted to ask you one question and something non-high school football related. Okay. Did you see what happened in college basketball yesterday? No. Or it was one of the big headlines of the day. and something. Oh, James Wiseman? Yes. Okay. Did you see what the penalty was for 11, James Wiseman? 11 games. Is what I heard. So he was suspended 12 games, and I think he's already missed one, and he has another 10. So they are suspending him some games from an incident that happened with Wiseman's mother taking some money from Coach Penny Hardaway before he was the coach at Memphis. The story is somewhere along those lines. So the money that his mother took was $11,500. Okay. You following me? I'm following you. So the NCAA announced that, okay, we're going to have these suspensions, plus you need to donate $11,500 to an organization or a charity of your choice. Does that make any sense? Where is he going to get $11,500? Well, he got $11,500 from Penny Hardaway. Okay. But that's not the point of this. I don't, I don't understand why he has to donate to a charity. That seems odd. The NCAA said that he must donate the $11,500 that he was given to a charity of his choice. This doesn't make any sense. And normally, Steve, I'm not anti-NCAA and I'm not pro them, but I usually understand the logic of things. This doesn't make any sense to me. Demanding that they pay money to a charity. You know, I... I I get the idea and that they're trying to do something. Okay, instead of giving the money to us, why don't you give it to a charity? No. Uh, it's either it gives the money to to Penny Hardaway back and say, hey, here's your money that you owed me, yeah. or you're in trouble. There's no pay, and it wouldn't work of the Wiseman, all right, pay us, pay the NCAA. Well, that doesn't come off very well. The NCAA looking like, yeah, just give us the money. And obviously it's not, okay, well, just keep it, whatever. We don't care. But to say, okay, you got to pay it to a charity, it just doesn't make any sense to me. I, I, I'm agreeing. You know, I agree with you. I just, it just, the NCAA sometimes does things that just make me shake my head and, you know, or scratch my head. I just don't, I don't understand what their logic is sometimes. And for him to donate to a charity of his choice, I mean, what's he, what charity is he going to donate to? Well, it's not that. He could come up with something good. Well, it's sure the fact that they're saying, "Okay, you took this money. Why didn't? The, why did? He why just, don't you just donate to a charity? Why didn't you just give it back to Penny Hardaway?" I I, I would understand that more. Yeah. Than 
Okay, well, you've been given this money. All right, you 18-year-old, donate $11,500 to an organization. I just don't understand the logic of that. If this was the NBA, and let's say Kobe Bryant 10 years ago went into the crowd and said a bad word to a fan, and they said, all right, Kobe, you're fine, $12,000. Well, we don't really want to take the money. Why don't you, instead of giving the money to the NBA, donate $12,000 to an organization of your choice? That's your penalty for doing that. Or or let's put it this way. I got a better example. Let's say that the Los Angeles Lakers brought in some halftime entertainment, and it was a dog that could catch Frisbees on the basketball court. Okay. And Kobe Bryant accidentally threw a pass, and it hit the dog and hurt the dog. Oh, no. And they said, okay, well, let's. you're fined, $10,000 fine, but you've got to pay it to whatever Sarah McLaughlin's company is, the one where she sings in the eyes of the angel about abused dogs. Okay. If they said, okay, donate to that, I would at least understand that a little more. I, I, I get it. But to the NCAA to now start saying, okay, you took that money. What if the number was bigger? What if they said this is a $50,000 fine? Why don't you just go ahead and pay that? Where is he getting this money? That's what I want to know. I don't understand. He'd have to borrow against his future earnings because he's going to be the number one pick in the NBA draft and make probably $10 million next year. But maybe they could phrase it that way. Okay, whenever you get to the NBA. Yeah. But then they, they he just say, I don't care. I'm not in the NCAA Okay, anymore. let me ask you this. If James Wiseman was a backup for Memphis, it really wouldn't make any sense. Well, he probably wouldn't have been paid that money Well, that's if he was a backup at Memphis. Yeah. Anyway, I oh, digress. Penny's got a big heart, though. I, I was just extremely confused by that logic. Okay. Okay, we're going to start donating to charity. There you uh, go. It, it sounds nice, and I get the NCAA is maybe trying to sound better, but... I don't understand. Anyway, let's move on. Bullpup football preview Thursday coming up next. You're listening to According to Jim, 96.7 FM, KBBE. You're listening to the According to Jim podcast with Jim Joyner and Steve Self. According to Jim is brought to you by Great Plains Federal Credit Union, Brown Shoe Fit in downtown McPherson, Next Tech Wireless, and Farmers State Bank with branch locations in McPherson, Lindsborg, and Galva. You can also listen live Monday through Friday from 1230 to 1 p.m. on 96.7 FM KBBE or online at midkansasonline.com. We're back on this afternoon's According to Jim, 96.7 FM KBBE on a Bullpup Football Preview Thursday. Getting ready for the state semifinals coming up tomorrow night for McPherson taking on the Andover Central Jaguars. Steve, third year in a row that this McPherson team is in this position, and I started to do some digging since I know that we are behind a year or behind a week right. in terms of the high school football season schedule, really in everything. We're just back a week because I don't know the clocks and the Mayans and the calendars. I don't I don't really understand why, but do you know the last time that the Bullpup football team played a game? on November 22nd was. Do you know when that was? Never. Well, they have. Oh, really? Okay, I didn't know. Like the 1940s? Ooh. Since they have gone to the new playoff system, yeah. when they added that in 1969, they have never played this late in the season. Yeah. A couple of their other sub-state games have been on like November 21st, November 20th, Okay. where that would normally be this time of the year, but they're running a week behind. So, an opportunity to play this late in the season really for the first time in modern program history. 
They're in the same position they've been in the last three years. A state semifinal game at home and a chance to go where no bullpup team has ever gone before in a state championship We've game. We've used that line a lot, haven't we? Where they've gone years. where no bullpup has ever gone before right. and then they've ended where, well, four other bullpup teams have right. ended. Right. It'll be interesting to see how this time goes because when you look back to the Andale game, Andale jumped out on top first, really controlled the game, and McPherson stormed back in the second half but just didn't have enough firepower down the stretch to come back and lose 21-13. Last year was kind of the opposite. Of course, Goddard scored on its first drive, and then McPherson was able to counter. They led for almost the entire game and then went behind in the final minutes, couldn't find a way to come back. We'll be interested to see how this game goes in terms of the, of the direction of it. Who jumps out first? Is it just going to be back and forth? Is it going to be low scoring, high scoring? I still don't have a great feel yet for the flow of how this game is going to play. I think it's going to come down to big plays, and that's what you know, Coach Pav and I talked about today. Andover Central gets their touchdowns kind of on chunk plays because they got Xavier Bell, the Macy kid at receiver, uh, the Herman kid at running back's pretty good. Parnell at quarterback, a dual threat, uh, but they're not very—they're not very big up front. No, that—that's—that's that's going to be the big difference. The last two weeks, we have faced just massive size teams and been able to go toe to toe with these big teams. Now this week, it's like looking in a mirror because you know we're still considered a quote unquote finesse team, unlike you know Arc City is a power team, Goddard a power team, but I think Andover Central is also considered a finesse team. Because, you know, they, they just try to get the ball to their athletes in space and let them make plays. Defensively, I'm not sure how good Andover Central is. I, I haven't gotten a feel for how good Andover Central is. I think Arc City scored, what, 13 points on them? Right. Yeah. So, um, and then they, Mace. But that's about the most that they've given Mace up in South a game this year. got 24 on them, I and think. And Goddard scored 21. Yeah. And that was a crazy game. And that's one of the games that I look to in terms of comparative scores, how the game went. I want to see what Andover Central did against Goddard. I want to see what they did against Bueller because with Circle, Augusta, some of these other teams, I it doesn't it, matter. It doesn't really matter what they yeah, did because you can, name your, you can name your score in those games. But against Bueller, thirty-one fourteen win where they were really in control. Bueller scored a couple of points and they scored a touchdown late. Yeah, it was fourteen seven at the half. They pulled away against Goddard. Andover Central really did its damage on big plays long passes down the field where they were able to win jump balls. And that is certainly an emphasis for this McPherson team this week. Xavier Bell, terrific athlete, terrific receiver. He's the key to the game. I think he's and the key to the game. And you just can't let him beat you deep. And they're going to try. Oh, yeah. And Shamari Parnell has one strong arm to be able to give him the ball down the field. If you don't give up that big play over the top, then you have a great chance. Because anything underneath... Of course, they can break tackles and, and find ways to beat you, but they don't beat you instantly right. that way. It's like, okay, we'll give up some singles. We'll we'll give up maybe a bunt for a hit every now and then, but you can't give up that grand slam. Right. And that's what this Andover Central team has at its, at, it, at its use anytime they have the football is the ability to have a grand slam on any play. Well, and I said, Xavier Bell... How you know how big a game he has determines who wins. I really believe that. And he's always had big games against McPherson. Oh yeah, he has lit up the bullpups in basketball. That's for sure. I think he had what twenty nine or thirty last year. Thirty one. Thirty one. Okay, but he's six foot four, incredibly fast, incredibly long. I mean, he can just go up, and it's going to be interesting to see how the bullpups match up with him. You you put Jacob File on him at 
Five foot six, five seven. Is that stretching? Maybe five five is what he is listed he's at. Listed five five. So he's got a foot advantage. Jaden Dukes, what five eleven? Maybe six foot. With you know, depending. But uh, six foot, six foot. Bell's going to have a big advantage on people, and you can't forget about Macy. Macy's the he's he's also a big time receiver. Well, he's the leading receiver. Yeah, I mean, but as far as explosiveness, Bell's a guy that you know. Can well, t- Matthew Macy is averaging twenty four yards per catch. Ooh, what's Bell averaging? 14. Okay. They throw a lot of short stuff to him and try and let him make a play. Right. So I'll be interested to see how this goes. And the other thing that I talked about with Coach Derek Tuttle in his first season at Andover Central is how much this group has learned by playing other sports and how much they have learned to win by playing other sports. This is a competitive bunch, and we've seen them play a lot of basketball together. This is a this is a group that is very emotional. They play with a high intensity and I think that we will see that, and they learned that from basketball. Yeah, we you know, saw Coach it. Ty Herman, or Coach Jesse Herman, his son is Ty Herman, the running back. We love watching this Andover Central basketball team because they just play so hard. Yeah, that game they play, who was it, Mays, I believe, in the championship game? Well, line? they played in the semis, semis against Mays. Yeah, semis against Mays. I mean, that game, they played with so much emotion and so much heart. You know that's what they're going to bring to the football field. Bullpups are going to have to play with more intensity and more physicality than they have all year. And I think they can. Yep. And another big key is they want to be able to run the football. Yeah. This Andover Central secondary, very athletic, a lot of interceptions this season. I really think the way that they can run and the way they control the turnover game will impact how this one goes tomorrow night. Uh, I'm, I'm right there with you. Turnovers generally does decide a big game. And Andover Central has turned the ball over this year. And McPherson has done a nice job in the last couple of games at forcing turnovers. Right. If they can force two or three Andover Central turnovers, then I think they're in a great spot. Yeah, Bryson Labertou and Jayton Alexander especially. It seems like those guys have really had a nose for the ball. All right, Steve, let's take our final break. You're listening to According to Jim, 96.7 FM, KBBE. You're listening to the According to Jim podcast with Jim Joyner and Steve Self. According to Jim is brought to you by... Great Plains Federal Credit Union, Brown Shoe Fit in downtown McPherson, Next Tech Wireless, and Farmer State Bank with branch locations in McPherson, Lindsborg, and Galva. You can also listen live Monday through Friday from 1230 to 1 p.m. on 96.7 FM KBBE or online at midkansasonline.com. Back on this afternoon's According to Jim as we wrap things up here this afternoon. Steve, exciting times. Yes, very exciting times. It's going to be a fun one tomorrow night. Oh, yeah, I, I can't wait. Uh, you know, I've covered a lot of state semifinal games, McPherson and otherwise, because I remember I was on that Smoky Valley bandwagon when back in the 80s. When and, You know, we've had a lot of teams, area teams. I covered state championship games with Canton Galva. I've covered a Little River State Championship game, a Smoky Valley at the Bill, by the way. Yeah. Smoky Valley at the Bill when Coach Gary Sambo and the Vikings beat Wellsville 14-7. So, you know, I've gotten to see a lot of championship football, but I've never seen championship football with McPherson High. And that I always said before I retire, which is probably going to be very, very soon, I would like well, to like see that. Like five years. Oh, yeah. Well, eight years. If I – if I'm here in five years, I'll be amazed. I well, just, I figured with your lifespan, with how long you've lived, you know, 10 years, it is pretty soon. I live pretty hard, though. It goes by quick when, you, when you're that age. Yeah, I live pretty hard, though. Yeah, you do. I, I see you running around town and 
I'm in bed by 9.30. You're a very night. active man. Yeah. And when you're out, up late out, out at the bars until 1 a.m., it is sort of a hard life. I haven't seen, I couldn't even tell you last time I've seen 1 a.m. or even midnight or, that's pretty late for me. It is pretty late. Yeah. But we're excited. State semifinal tomorrow night. And then, of course, keeping up with what's going on for Madison, That's for right. Kenton Galva. And our man Chad Marston, I'm sure, will keep us totally updated. Oh, he'll keep us posted. We had our show yesterday with Coach Hoppus, and we have that posted up on our podcast page at... You'll have to, I can't remember. I'm scattered. You, you know I'm scattered. So SoundCloud. What is it? SoundCloud.com. Slash. KBB Sports. There you go. I All wasn't right. leaving until you said it. Okay. But that's where you can find that interview. We have our interview with Chet Kuplin up as well. And, of course, go to midkansasonline.com. And Steve has the best game preview that you could ever imagine. It's terrific. I proofread it. Proofread it. And thank goodness. Proofread it. Good thing you did because I had a kid's name from Andover Central wrong. He could have used that as motivation. That's true. He could have had that as locker room material. That's right. They I, called me Troy. Yeah. <laughs> no, I had Trey, I think. Instead of Ty. They called me Trey. Yeah. I'm Ty. Yeah. I'm going to go run it down Steve Sell's throat. That's right. I wonder how many people have ever had vengeance for you. Oh, a lot of people. They've said, I'm going to go show that Steve Sell I wrong. Used to, you know, I'm going to show it's him. It's interesting. When I worked at the newspaper, I used to get a lot of hate mail. You know, people sent. I had unsigned letters all the time. And and it just seemed like people are saying, you favor my kid. You don't, you know, you don't do anything for my kid. I'm not, I'm going to tell you who I am, but you don't like my kid. I don't know the kids really that much personally, so that, that's just crazy. I just, I just write the way I write. Steve Sell hates the kids. I, no. You know what Shane Bakus always says? It's all about the kids. It's all about Except the kids. Except when you're Steve because you hate them all <laughs> and you're out. He hates your kid. Yeah. That's the thing. Little Johnny. Yeah, I just don't like Little them. Johnny. See you later. Yeah. All right, Steve. Enjoy the rest of your day. I will. I hope you do. Hang in there. Wrapping up today's show for Steve Sell, I'm Jim Joyner. Thanks for listening to According to Jim. We'll talk to you tomorrow. According to Jim with Jim Joyner and Steve Sell was brought to you by Great Plains Federal Credit Union, Brown Shoe Fit in downtown McPherson, Next Tech Wireless, and Farmer State Bank with branch locations in McPherson, Lindsborg, and Galva. Make sure to listen to According to Jim every weekday from 1230 to 1 p.m. right here on 96.7 FM KBBE.